Welcome to the Talk of Fame Network. I got a good deal on those boys. The scout said they showed a lot of promise. With your Hall of Fame voters. Don't act like you're not impressed. Ron Borges. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Rick Oslin. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Clark Judge. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? On SB Nation Radio. <laughs> Let's go, guys. That man, of course, was back in the news this week. I'm talking about Tom Brady, and we'll get to him shortly. But first, guys, there was an interesting story out of Pittsburgh, or at least uh, out of a former Pittsburgh Steeler. I'm talking about offensive lineman Willie Colon, who appeared on Pro Football Talk. Anyway, he indicated that quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, friend of the show Ben Roethlisberger, uh, seriously considered retiring this offseason. Now, I always liked talking to Willie Colon when he was playing, and he seemed to know what was going on with that team, mostly because... He was on that team. But, um, you know, color me skeptical on this one. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know about this, so I'm going to throw it to you, too. Do you seriously consider that Ben Roethlisberger seriously considered retirement, Goose? You know, Clark, I think more and more players may consider retirement based on the historical data and the sad stories that seem to be coming out daily about NFL players with head injuries. But to say Roethlisberger seriously considered retirement, that would surprise me. Thinking yeah. about retirement, even talking about retirement, and actually retiring tend right. to be miles apart in the thought process of most players. You know, maybe a Big Ben won his third Super Bowl last year. He may have been more serious in his retirement thoughts, but few quarterbacks tend to leave the game on their own terms. Gotcha. I'm with you. You know, I, I tend to believe at the end of a long season, and your body's aching, and you haven't achieved your goal and all that, it's probably easy to convince yourself and maybe even convince the people around you that, you know, you've had it. You, you, you can't take it anymore. You're too beaten up. You know, it's a hard game, as we all know, to survive, especially if you play you know, quarterback like a linebacker, which is the way Roethlisberger does it. So I think I do believe that he thought he was seriously concerning it. I don't think he actually was. But it, it sort of reminded me of a fighter right after a fight. You know, somebody asked him who they, they want to fight Clark Judge next. And they go, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to fight him or anybody else. You know, and I think it's, he was kind of caught Absolutely. up in that same. And I can see who would want to fight you. I mean, you don't want to fight me. You no, don't. Sir. No, I don't even want to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, I don't know about Ben Roethlisberger, but I know, Ron, I know one guy, yeah, one guy who isn't, is not seriously considering retirement. Let's go! Let's go! Okay, all right, Tom Brady, we will, but patience, please. We'll get to you. But before we do, we want to tell you what we have going today. It's the second of our eight-part series on NFL divisions. And we're going to go to the NFC South. Appropriate, Ron, because it finally feels like the South here in New England. I mean, what? It's going to be 80 uh, this week and 90, yeah. maybe? Yeah, that's nice, time, huh? don't you think? <laughs> yeah, we go from winter to summer. Unreal. Anyway, uh, we have Carolina head coach Ron Rivera, Panthers tight end Greg Olson, as well as former Saints and Chiefs Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. They're in the house. And we'll speak with another Hall of Famer, and that would be Hall of Fame writer Bob McGinn, formerly, formerly of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, who retired last week after 31 years of covering the Packers, including... 26 for the Journal Sentinel. But before we do, okay, Derek, roll the tape one more time, will you? Let's go! Let's go! Yep. As we said, Tom Brady, back in the news this week, saying that uh, despite going to and winning more Super Bowls than any quarterback in history, he didn't think he was the greatest quarterback of all time and that he wants to play 
until he's 45. I guess, Ron, that's like five years less than he said a couple years ago, right? Right. Moving toward Um, reality. Moving towards reality like Ben Roethlisberger, maybe. Um, But let's start with that first statement. I mean, Brady said he shouldn't be considered the best because he's a product of a rock-solid system. Okay, I get that, except... Well, except Bill Belichick has a losing record without Tom Brady. And, Goose, tell me what modern-era quarterback wasn't a product of a system. I mean, I covered Joe Montana. He was a product of the Wall system. I mean, Unitas, we all saw him as a product of the John Unitas system. Anyway, uh, I'm not so sure that one flies. Ron, please collect Clark's Baltimore Colts fan club membership card. <laughs> John Unitas invented the two-minute drill, put his league on the map in the 1958 title game, called his own plays, and played in an era when the rules didn't coddle quarterbacks. He also played in an era of the vertical passing game. Brady plays in the era of the horizontal passing game. Brady certainly belongs in the discussion, but in my mind, the discussion still starts with John but that, w- but that, that Oh, I agree, but that was the United system. I mean, remember when Shula came in and there was a conflict because Shula was trying to call the plays for John, but that was John's system. You can, so talk, I think all one about systems. System. You can talk about systems on talking quarterbacks. I start with Johnny U. Okay, Ron, exactly. talk about yeah, systems. Yeah, the goose man, as often as the case, stole all my thunder and some of my lightning and, and even the small rain puddle in the back. I mean, he's looking right. over his shoulder. He's looking over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like in a math test. You know, you got to cover your, your answers. You know? uh, but, no, look, uh, to me, Unitas, and this is no knock on Tom Brady or anybody else, but, you know, Unitas' job was harder, and he did it better. You know, you were flinging the ball down the field. You were getting punched in the face. You were getting hit, you know, well after you let the ball go. Your receivers are getting killed. So I do think that Brady is a huge beneficiary of what I would call a system, but I don't mean the Belichick system. I just mean the system of the way the game is now being officiated mm-hmm. and, and played. You know, it's a benefit not only for him and Drew Brees and all these. I mean, you saw Unitas, you saw Drew Brees. No disrespect to Drew Brees. But oh, no, I know. You've got you to play a game tomorrow night for the life of your children. Who you want a yeah, quarterback? Right, Drew Brees? Right, right. No. <laughs> you know, right. and, I, and I think that, uh, you know, I'm not knocking Brady or anybody else because, and frankly, if you go by his ring collection, he still doesn't win because there's always that guy, Otto Graham, who seemed to be in the championship. Oh, no, that's right. Everybody. I mean, Ken Anderson mentioned him last week. You know, Otto Graham. Yeah. How do you get past that? Ten straight um, you know, uh, championship games and seven yeah. wins. I, th- I think I, that was a good point that he raised, Clark. Cause, oh, so know, do I. Uh, and we tend to forget it, I think. But if the job description, uh, first responsibility of the quarterback is to win, it's Otto Graham. Right. But of the so modern cool. era quarterbacks, and I'm talking, let's say Super Bowl era quarterback, then that makes Brady the best. Makes him the best by Pretty good. Balls. No question. Um, so anyway, just a refresher for those who haven't tuned to the show before, <laughs> I will ask the question that drives Goose and that's I know where we started. Where do you rank Tom Brady among the game's quarterbacks? Top five. But Unitas and Otto Graham already have their faces chiseled mm-hmm. on the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. The workers are still holding their tools for the rest of those faces. Yeah, I don't disagree, Goose. Uh, Ron? Yeah, I'm the gander. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a little Sammy Barr up there already, yeah, Goose right? Man. I think that the slinging Sammy was way ahead of his time. You know, you guys have heard before, I like Elway, uh, Montana, and, and, and Brady, you know, and you can shake them yeah. up however you want and tell me I'm stuck with any one of them and I'm in good shape unless uh, I'm looking at Johnny Unitas or Otto Graham, then maybe I'm not in such good shape. Yeah, right. No, I, I agree with you. I think that's my, my, my Mount Rushmore as well, if you get Graham, Unitas, and then Brady and, and Montana. But anyway. In whatever um, order. And by the way, let us not forget, when Otto Graham wasn't busy, busy going to 10 straight uh, NFL yeah. championship game, he did win the NBA championship too. That's so. right. No That's other right. quarterback hey, Ron, has you, done that. Ron, Ron, do you have Tony Romo on your Mount Rushmore? <laughs> I don't even No, but I thought I would see him in the U.S. Open. But guess what? Out in the first round. 
Otto Graham was also the MVP as last year when they talked him out of retirement. I mean, right. that's, that's incredible. incredible. Anyway, how about the second part of that statement? Goose, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but he wants to play sure. until he's 45. I mean, you see that happening. The great ones never see it coming. They believe they can play forever. Favre didn't see it coming. Manny didn't see it coming. Star, Bradshaw, Staubach, Montana. Either the body breaks down or the game breaks down, and it'll hit Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, it's you know it's the 100th time we've heard him say it. I think Goose is right. The sad thing I think that's possible with Brady is I don't think it's going to be a gradual decline. I think it's going to be boom and then boom. Could uh, be. And, and that would be unfortunate if he hung around. That, that. That's what I, happened I don't want him to look like Willie Mays in center field with the Mets. With the Mets, yeah. And that's what happened to Brett Favre. Remember, he had that great yeah. year with Minnesota when I think he was 41. And the next year, whew, got Should have quit right then. I mean, that terrible beating he took in that last game. Oh. Would have been oh. a great way to go out. Okay. Uh, one more item of note this week, guys. I mean, ESPN shaking things up again. Uh, this time they're going to pair Rex Ryan, friend of the show, with Beth Mowens for the Broncos-Chargers season opener as part of a Monday night doubleheader. It's the second part of that doubleheader. It's the first time a woman has done play-by-play in a regular season NFL game since 1987, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest with you, not only because of that, but because Rex is involved, Goose, I think this is probably must-see TV, don't you? Well, maybe if you're in California, it bears watching, but not in the great state of Texas with two teams <laughs> defending division titles in the NFL this season. We know what good football looks like. It doesn't really matter to us who's calling the games. <sighs> yeah, they'll be out there watching the Plano Del Rio game. Over there, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love 20,000 people there, too. <laughs> I know, exactly right. You get more people in one game than my entire high school career. Uh, <laughs> You know, I think people will watch, uh, but maybe not for the right reasons. I think the curiosity right. factor, uh, but you know, uh, they might not be watching the game for very long, but they'll be listening to see what Nitwit thing Rex says and, and uh, whether <laughs> well. or not they can say something disparaging about a woman announcer, which would be, yeah. uh, which would be sad, but that's the world we live in. Hey, one last note, Ronnie. This is home to you. Uh, do you see our buddy Mike Sherman's retiring from high school yes. football? I mean, from coaching? Yep. and. I guess winning the NFL was easy. It was four and eighteen in two seasons, but anyways, retiring him, and maybe that four and eighteen record had something to do with it. Yeah, you know uh, that's been kind of speculated, in, not surprisingly, in some papers in Texas, but uh, not true. He started a new business. He's opening a large indoor sports complex with a mm. hockey rink, and uh, and he's trying to uh, believe it or not fight uh, drug overdoses in teenagers. Oh, nice. and that's why he's doing it. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you why we're doing a commercial right now, because Derek Burns, our producer, is waving his arms. When we return, we'll sit down with Hall of Fame writer Bob McGinn. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Wrangler Advanced Comfort Jeans. They're made with 20% stronger denim and four-way flex technology that moves with you. Try a pair on if you think I'm joking. It's Wrangler Advanced Comfort Jeans. Be comfortable. Hi, Tom Bodet. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat-screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're an entrepreneur, you have better things to do than reapply for funding every time you need capital. With Cabbage, you can be approved for a line of credit of up to $150,000, not just a one-time loan. Withdraw from your line anytime you need funds and only pay for what you take. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 businesses with more than $3 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com radio or call 888-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash radio. 
Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast, but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard. You need a Z-Track Z345 home. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Want to mow well in the higher gear? See a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Poverty and disaster have left millions of children around the world orphaned, abandoned, alone. When their parents can't be there, SOS Children's Villages is there. SOS Children's Villages is the world's largest nonprofit for orphaned and abandoned children. In 134 countries, including the U.S., SOS Children's Villages provides vulnerable children with a loving and stable family, medical care, and an education. To make a difference in the life of a child, go to sos-usa.org. A good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where MyPillow comes in, and now for a limited time, just go to MyPillow.com, click the Radio Listener Special tab, and use promo code SKY to get two premium king or queen pillows and two additional go-anywhere travel pillows, all for 50% off and free shipping. That's MyPillow.com, promo code SKY, or call 1-800-635-1825. 1-800-635-1825. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. The better you drive, the more you save. Bears and bats, they live in a cave, but that's irrelevant here. So back to the subject we steer. Snapshot saves you money when you drive safe. I wear corduroy pants. I don't mind that they chafe. The better you drive, the more you can save. With Snapshot from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in all states or from all agents. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Talk of Fame Network, sponsored by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you know what? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, it's not unusual for sports writers these days to lose their jobs. I'm sure that comes as no surprise to you. It's more like a pandemic with sports writers going everywhere, every day and everywhere. But it is rare, and I mean rare, for sports writers to walk away from the job, especially when they're as decorated as our next guest, Bob McGinn, a Hall of Fame writer and longtime friend of all of ours, who decided last week to call it quits after covering the Packers the past, I think, 26 years, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Bob. Is that right? Yeah, and 33 full-time total, Clark. Wow. Well, first of all, thanks for joining us, Bob. And and and, and secondly, why now? Uh, and, and did you get any parting gifts to take home with you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I got a Journal Sentinel sweatshirt. I got <laughs> a, a, a signed poster from the staff. You're darn right I did. Nice. Things that I will cherish. Yep. You know, I turned 65 in February, Clark, and uh, just don't want to face another deadline, you know. Um, I kind of set pretty high standards for myself and uh they got higher every year and i just couldn't really uh i didn't want to take any shortcuts and um i don't know i didn't think my writing had slipped so uh, i didn't want it to slip so i just thought it was a pretty darn good time you know so bob how has your life changed <laughs> in the last four days goose in the last four days yes <laughs> yeah not much, really. Uh, this is when I've always been off anyway, and I'd start be hitting the, starting thinking about golf, and then I could, you know, I could I golf until 
July 15th when I return to work. Now I can golf on and on into the uh, Michigan fall, Goose. (laughs) Sounds like a pretty good life. (laughs) You can golf until like September 1st. It'll be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, What do you think think you'll miss the most, uh, if anything? Uh, The act of writing. Um, I love it. I love to, you know, gather that information. That's all great. Interview the people, do what I got to do to, you know, get a story. But then I just kind of like sitting at that uh, at that computer screen and the act of writing, uh, typing that you know that Dateline Green Bay. I mean, I lived in Green Bay, five minutes from the stadium, and just putting that down and by Bob again. And you got such freedom, you know, you guys. I'm not telling you anything, but uh, but I did love writing, and I think I'm really going to miss that. We're speaking with Hall of Fame writer Bob McGinn on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at at talkoffamenet. And, Bob, the thing I, I loved about working with papers and also covering the NFL was there was a real rhythm to it. Um, you know, Monday was the – you, you did, did things on the game. It was the day after. Tuesday is the player's day off. Wednesday, you gear into the following week. I mean, there's a real rhythm to it and a pace that I love. But that's gone now. And, and now you're going to have, well, at least 20 weekends kicked back to you. How are you going to spend them? How are you going to spend your Saturdays and Sundays now, especially when you're not golfing? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll watch some football. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just all this reading I wanted done. I always felt sort of compelled to read, you know, the sports, the great sports books that would come along, the biographies, and always read Sports Illustrated my whole life, and just you know, and look on the internet at some of my great colleagues and their writing. Well, I don't really have to do that. I can get to the books on World War II or you know Napoleon or you know some of that historical fiction thing. Um, to read, for one thing, and um, I don't, I just discover life. Never, you know, you know the way it was. You just, yet the fall just would fly by. You never even recognize fall, and that's my favorite time of the year. It you know, was it's funny. Gone, I, here and gone. I, I remember 1982 when they had the strike, and, and Dick Vermeil was out of work, obviously for 57 days then. And he went on trips with his wife, and he said, "My God, look at the trees here in New England. What's going on?" She goes. It happens every fall. You just don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Bob, I got uh, I got two questions for you. First off, Des Bryant wanted me to ask you, football guy that you are, was that a catch in the 2014 playoffs? <laughs> well, <laughs> that I don't know. But I do think this, Goose, and I'm not exactly a uh, homer, you know, but I think there was enough time left where, I don't know, that would have given the Cowboys maybe a, a one- or two-point lead or something, but – I think Green Bay would have probably won that game in the last three and a half minutes. They were playing well on offense, you know? Yeah, well, then <laughs> the, 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 the second question on that was, how are we going to regain those Dallas listeners that we just lost? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Bob. You just canceled our Dallas market. <laughs> well, what, one thing, Bob, that comes to mind to me is, uh, you know, you've been covering the Packers for a long time, the league for a long time. And, you know, people who listen in, they, they don't really follow it in the way that we do. So how is the business of covering – Packers and pro football changed since you first broke in? Ah, the business. Huh? Um, you know, the Packers are the one team that uh, that releases their financial statement every year as a publicly held company. And uh, so when I started covering that annual meeting, it was at the Midway Motor Lodge, about three blocks away from uh, Lambeau Field. There was about 400 people there, maybe 300. And I got a proxy to get in there. And they'd announce their, uh, the bottom line, the net profit every year. And, you know, 300,000. Uh, 375, Judge Robert Perrins would be up there. You know, that was pretty good. And then when it first got to a million, it was amazing. I mean, you know, Little Green Bay and those 
cheers all around and then, you know, beers in the house later on for those uh, stockholders. Um, you know, now the last couple of years it's been the bottom line's been 48, 45 million, I think 46 in there. It's just exploded now with these TV contracts and the refurbished Lambeau Field and uh, and all the money they've made there. So uh, it's big <laughs> money rules, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's affected all our it's affected the way we do our job, obviously. Yeah, no question. Uh, well, speaking of Little Green Bay, I, I've got a question for you about the team that you've covered and, and may see in the future as well, and that's the Packers. I'm putting together now an all-star Packer team, but I'm going to leave it up to you to pick our quarterback. Bart Starr, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. Who's it going to be and why? Well, it's going to be Favre. I think he's the greatest Packer who, you know ever put on a uniform. You know, five titles for Bart Starr, but I just cannot translate his game into anything modernistic. I mean, just a really poor athlete. And, you know, there were several times during these, during his career Lombardi tried to trade Starr. So, you know, he's a, a really low third. Favre inherited, guys, he and, you know, I covered that team from 84 to started in 84, so I had eight years of total uh, a defeat, um, they thought they'd maybe never never come back here when and free agency was about to start. He inherited a cesspool here from Lindy and Fonnie. Horrible, bad stadium, no-shows. I think there was 12,000, 13,000 no-shows at the end of that 91 season. So Favre marches in here, and what he did, not, you know, not by himself, but with Wolf, Holmgren, and Reggie White and, and others, uh, what he did was just it's one of the greatest reclamation projects in NFL history without question. And he won a Super Bowl, and he got to another one, and he uh, he never missed a game. I mean, when you ask that question, I know Favre's going to be on that field. Now, Aaron Rodgers has been a terrific quarterback for a lot of years. There's no doubt about that. He um, His passer rating, I don't put much stock in passer rating anymore just because the game is much, much easier for quarterbacks and passing yards are now cheap. Um, but he's an outstanding player. He's won one Super Bowl. He's had a spotty playoff record, as Favre did in, late in his years. He's missed some games. He missed half a year with a collarbone. So um, right now with Favre 16 years and uh, Rodgers 9 as a starter, I would take Brett Favre as Green Bay's number one player. Okay, well, Bob, we're going to take you as Green Bay's number one reporter. Thanks so much for the time. <laughs> and you know what? We're going to check in with you from time to time this year. And don't be a stranger, even though, even though you're going to move to Ann Arbor, Goose's most unfavorite town. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. You got <laughs> Thanks, it, Bob. Bob. Great knowing Thanks, you. Thanks, Bob. That was Hall of Fame writer Bob McGinn. Up next, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers tells us how he plans to put that team back on top. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You feel yourself getting lighter with each progressive discount. Paperless, safe driver, multi-car. Yes, lighter, like a new line of sneakers or a slugger on a crash diet the week before spring training. Stay away from the cheesecake. Ascend to a higher plane of insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends. It's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast but the yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard. You need a Z-Track Z345 home. It's not how fast you mow, my friends. It's how well you mow fast. The XL Deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Want to mow well in the higher gear? See a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. 
Hi, Tom Bodette. According to the dad bod craze, the lumpy, less-than-chiseled look is now totally in. So you could say I'm in the best shape of my life, and so is Motel 6. They've updated their properties nationwide with contemporary everything, still for the same low price you've come to expect. So your wallet can feel a little pleasantly plump, too. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're an entrepreneur, you have better things to do than reapply for funding every time you need capital. With Cabbage, you can be approved for a line of credit of up to $150,000, not just a one-time loan. Withdraw from your line anytime you need funds and only pay for what you take. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 businesses with more than $3 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com slash radio or call 888-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash radio. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Hey, Ron Borges. Yes, sir. You know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means if I was smart, I would have called 15 minutes ago, got a little cash. Well, you are smart, Ron. You should go to Geico and Geico.com, and you should have gone 15 minutes ago. So listen to Ron. Go. Speaking of Ron, Carolina head coach Ron Rivera has reached the Super Bowl at every level as a linebacker on the 85 Bears, defensive coordinator of the 2006 Bears, and as head coach of the 2015 Carolina Panthers. Ron's a two-time coach of the year, the PFWA's assistant coach of the year, and a Super Bowl champion as a player. So his resume is substantial. However, however, it's not complete. Not until today, because today he's joining us. Ron Rivera, <laughs> thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Great to be on. No team in the past 44 years has lost the Super Bowl and come back, as you know, to win the following season. 17 Super Bowl losing teams were one and done in the playoffs the next year, and 12 failed to even get there. Uh, you've been through it twice as a coach. How real do you think this sort of hangover effect that everybody talks about actually is? Uh, and considering that it's the Falcons' problem this year, are you rooting for it? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think there is something to it. I, I really do. I mean, it, it's, it's a tough set of circumstances. You know, it, it, it is a major letdown. And, you know, I can't talk specifically about, you know, how Atlanta is going to deal with it. But I know for us it was a difficult set of circumstances. Ron, like Clark said, you've been in the Super Bowl as a player and assistant as a head coach. What were the differences and which experience was the best? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, the, the, the difference is as a player, you know, you have a little bit more time to yourself. You get to enjoy a few more things. And remember, when I played, though, it, it was before the, the media crush. It was before it became the spectacle. I mean, I really do believe the, the, the Super Bowl is, is two things. It's an event, it's a spectacle, then it's a game. And, and, and back then, you know, in 1980, uh, uh, 1985, you know, we, we faced it, but not what it is today. And so as a player back then, I really, truly enjoyed it. I thought New Orleans was a tremendous place to have a Super Bowl. Uh, then as an assistant coach, you work continuously. I mean, as a coordinator, I felt like I worked constantly. I didn't have a lot of free time, a lot of personal time. I think the only real opportunity I had to go out when we were at the Super Bowl was, was, late, was late, later Friday afternoon. Um, and then as a head coach, you're, you're constantly doing things. You're going from one thing to another and then practices, then meetings. So, um, you know, as a player, I, I thought I really, truly enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, the only neat thing for, for me in, in Super Bowl 50 was it was in my hometown area. Uh, I was able to see my parents, my brothers. Uh, that, that was really a neat event. The 85 Bears were the spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> you know, we were in many ways. We had some. We had a great cast of characters led by, uh, you know, probably the greatest ring uh, ring uh, ringmaster of them all, and 
Coach Dick, and it was uh, it was really a, a great opportunity in time. You know, it's funny, but I, I agree with Goose. You were the spectacle because I was the poor reporter that year. I had to cover the quarterback every day as to which headband he was wearing <laughs> and also the acupuncturist. Could we have a quote yeah. from the acupuncturist? Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? And then we yeah. had the, uh, the, the deal with the, the radio personality in New Orleans. I mean, it really was a Super Bowl spectacle. And then you guys were the Super Bowl shuffling bears, too. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because there's so many great things that I remember about having been part of that football team and a lot of things I, I wish I could recall. But I, I do know that Jim McMahon was his own person. I mean, he has tremendous personality, great teammate, a guy you most certainly wanted on your side. And, you know, he, he really did know how to lighten the mood. And, and, and I think that really helped us that year with, with all the pressures and, and the intensity level. Uh, he made, I, th- I think he made it fun. I really do. And I think that really helped us as a football team. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. We're speaking with Carolina coach Ron Rivera on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at talkoffamenet. And, Ron, there's, there's been only one repeat winner in the NFC South since the 2002 realignment. And guess what? That was your team. It was Carolina, which won it in 2013, 14, and 15. So my question is, now that you've had one down year, and I heard you talk about difficult set of circumstances for Super Bowl losers. That must have been a difficult set of circumstances last year. But now that you've had one down year, what's your message to this year's team? Essentially, how do you climb the mountain again? Well, I think the big thing more so than anything else is about what we want to do. I, I think it's not about what we have to do, but what we want to do. And, and to me, I think you know, having a chance to, to reflect on the, on the past season and then look at you know, what we can become going forward. I thought we did some good things in free agency. I thought we had a pretty solid draft. So I feel very comfortable about you know, our opportunities, about doing what we want to do. So that's going to be the message is, guys, so we can be whatever we want to be. And, and, and I know this much, you know, based on what we went through in, in 2015, I'd take that any day of the week, uh, except for at the end of the day, I want to win the Super Bowl. Well, of course, the, one of the great advantages you have there is Cam Newton leading your offense. I'm just wondering, when you look at him, you've been around a lot of quarterbacks over the years uh, and coached against a lot of great quarterbacks. How great a quarterback do you believe he can become, and, and, and what skills do you think are unique to his game? Well, I think one of the things that, you know, you know, watching him and looking, I love the 2015 version, and, and that's what we're working towards is get him back to where he's he, he's been, what he's capable of. You know, and I think one of the things that's really unique is he's got tremendous vision. I mean, he can see things downfield. He can, you know, he can try and extend a play to, to give himself that opportunity to get to where he sees what's going on. Uh, when, when when he gets into a rhythm, I think he's as good as anybody in the league. I really do. You go back again and look at that 2015 and study when he got into that rhythm, the way he orchestrated our offense. You know, the one thing I don't think a, people, a lot of people understand is just, just how much control he has of the plays that we call and, and, and what we're doing. Now, last year there were some things that I, I didn't think worked in our favor. Obviously, the injuries early on in the season, especially to our left tackle, Michael Orr. You know, and, and, and I think that was probably one of the things that really offset us was the shuffling of our offensive line because of the injuries that went on. Khalil gets hurt, and we, we, we lose him for the rest of the year as well. So, you know, when, when you have a position catastrophe like we did, again, I, I think it changes, you know, the complex, uh, the, the complexion of what you want to do on offense. And, and it did. It hurt us. And, and I think because of that, it didn't allow us to, to utilize uh, Cam's abilities, you know, his, his, his ability to, to use his vision to extend a play to make a play happen downfield for us. How did you craft the Riverboat Ron persona? <laughs> I did craft it. They crafted it. You know, it, the, the the persona came about just because, you know, it, it's funny, but, you know, analytics has become a real big thing in, in this league. And, and, and going into the 2013 season, I had, you know, one of the things, I don't know if you guys know, but, but you know, I went out and found a mentor, and that was in John Madden, uh, who, who's a tremendous coach and has been very helpful helpful to me. And in a lot of ways, 
you know, he's helped me to, to use my gut instinct in this game. And, and one of the things he said to me, he said, Ron, you've played enough in this game, you've coached enough in this game, that you should know that there are certain things that you should risk, you should go for, you should do. So I, I started, you know, reading up on analytics, and, and one of the things that showed up was fourth quarters. And so based on certain things in not fourth quarter, fourth downs, so certain things in fourth down, you've got to be willing to go for and so I started looking at it, and I started doing it a little bit more in 2013, and it started paying off. And next thing you know, we start winning, and somebody came up with this moniker of Riverboat Ron. So that kind of got stuck onto that. And next thing you know, you know that, that that's something that uh, kind of caught on a little bit. Ron, just to follow up on that, is there a danger there that once you become known as a gambler, that therefore you have to sort of gamble then, even though in your instincts say, I'm not so sure about this? No, because, I mean, well, you got to be level-headed, because I will say this. That that's I had that same exact scenario happen to me. I think it was week 14 uh, in the 2013 season. We're playing New Orleans. Uh, a lot of people felt I should have gone for it on fourth down. I didn't. I elected to punt. We had a good punt out of it. We had a good three and out series. We got the ball back. It gave us a chance to to, to go and 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 win the game, which we did. You know, everybody kept saying, "Oh, you know, you should have. You, you shouldn't punt. You should go for it. You should go for it." But I reason I punted was because of the things that was going on in the game. And, again, I think that's one of the things that you do have to look at. It. Just because, you know, people think you're supposed to. Um, and, again, that's one of the things that John Madden and I talked about is that there is no book. You know, I said, you know, I've been following the book, doing it by the book. Well, there is no book. It's really about, you know, what your, what your instincts tell you as a coach. And that was what I did in certain situations. Well, you know, I found it interesting that your Twitter handle is uh, RiverboatRonHC, but I found more interesting that there's another – coach in your house whose Twitter handle is Coach Riv2. And I'm just wondering, your wife, Stephanie, a former basketball coach with the Washington Mystics, among others, uh, yep. is it helpful yep. having a wife who's experienced some of the same challenges you have had? And number two, does it carry more weight when she says, hey, coach, what the heck were you thinking? <laughs> well, you know, it does help because one of the things that, you know, I mean, I can come home and something will be on my mind. She'll know it and she'll drag it out of me and we'll have a discussion. And, and one of the things that's interesting is, you know, in dealing with these personalities, she's got a great feel for personalities. And, and so we talk about those things. It helps me to understand and, and see things. And it has been. It's been, it's been very helpful. Um, it does carry a little bit of weight. And, and I've always said this. My two worst critics are my mother and my wife. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll tell you right now, honestly, if we lose a game, I don't call my mom right away. I wait a couple of days before I call her. And sure enough, she'll have an opinion on it. <laughs> we've got an opinion on what we've got to do next round. We've got to go to commercial. Hey, thanks so much for the time, and best of luck for the season. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, Ron. That was Carolina coach Ron Rivera. Up next, why our Ron Borges believes Lloyd Wells should be in the Hall of Fame. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You feel yourself getting lighter with each progressive discount. Paperless, safe driver, multi-car. Yes, lighter, like a new line of sneakers or a slugger on a crash diet the week before spring training. Stay away from the cheesecake. Ascend to a higher plane of insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard. You need a Z-Track Z345 home. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Want to mow well in a higher gear? See a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. 
Hi, Tom Bodette. According to the dad bod craze, the lumpy, less than chiseled look is now totally in. So you could say I'm in the best shape of my life. And so is Motel 6. They've updated their properties nationwide with contemporary everything, still for the same low price you've come to expect. So your wallet can feel a little pleasantly plump, too. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're an entrepreneur, you have better things to do than reapply for funding every time you need capital. With Cabbage, you can be approved for a line of credit of up to $150,000, not just a one-time loan. Withdraw from your line anytime you need funds and only pay for what you take. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 businesses with more than $3 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com slash radio or call 888-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash radio. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Hey, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Wrangler Advanced Comfort Jeans. They're made with 20% stronger denim and four-way flex technology that moves with you. If you think I'm joking, just try a pair on. That's Wrangler Advanced Comfort Jeans. Be comfortable. Well, I mentioned uh, Tom Brady being back in the news in our first segment. I see where NFL sack leader Bruce Smith is also back in the news. Apparently told Cleveland's Miles Garrett, who was the first pick of the draft, that uh, slow off the ball. I mean, they... Just watched film during the draft, and Bruce Smith, who has an NFL record 200 career sacks, uh, made an observation that uh, Miles Garrett never heard before. Goose, you're Miles Garrett. What do you have to say? Yes, sir, Mr. Smith. I will try to do better. (laughs) (laughs) That good man. (laughs) Well, maybe legendary Chief Scout Lloyd Wells might have had a different take. I'm worried alive today, but he's not. He died in 2005 at the age of 78. But... Ron Borges thinks we should keep his memory alive. And, uh, you know, after reading what he wrote on our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, I think you might too. Uh, he thinks he should be a Hall of Fame candidate. And, uh, Ron, why don't you tell us why this is our State Your Case segment, people. It's brought to you by Motel 6. We've got it sponsored, Motel 6. You can book online at thenewmotel6.com. We'll leave the light on for you. Ron, the light is on for you. It was always on for Lloyd, too, I'll tell you that much. Uh, If the Pro Football Hall of Fame is the final resting place for men who impacted the game in a major way, Lloyd Wells earned his right to walk through those doors. He was a photographer by trade in Houston, and he not only became the first African-American full-time scout in pro football when Lamar Hunt hired him in the early days of the AFL-NFL wars, but he was instrumental in opening the door to the historically black colleges and universities that produced a flood of talent, primarily for Hunt's fledgling AFL. Willie Lanier once said, he was an energetic, positive person who had an opportunity to help shift the view of professional football in the direction of the historic black colleges. The amount of talent Wells brought in should be acknowledged. He had an approach of possibly cajoling, I might say, Willie said. Well, cajoling was as important in those days as scouting during the six years of between 1960 and 66 when the old-school NFL was in a talent war with the upstart AFL. Uh, the leagues finally merged and agreed to a conjoined draft in 1967, but Prior to that, it was primarily the AFL that began to mine the untapped sources of talent at Grambling and Morgan State, Prairie View, Southern, and most of the historically black colleges. No one minded it any better than Lloyd Wells. Black players, not to mention black scouts, were still a rarity in pro football's formative years, so Lamar Hunt's decision to hire Wells to seek talent in places long ignored by the NFL was one that literally and historically changed the face of the game. 
Wells was responsible for signing eight players who became all pros, including the backbone of the Chiefs' defense that smothered the Vikings 23-7 in Super Bowl IV. That team included Willie Lanier, Emmett Thomas, Curly Culp, Buck Buchanan, and Otis Taylor. Who who went after those guys and, and got them? Lloyd Wells. And his signing of Otis Taylor out from under the nose of the Cowboys in 1966 was an example of a sly and well-connected guy. Wells knew Taylor and his family since he was a kid growing up in Houston. So when the, both the Chiefs and Eagles drafted him, Kansas City had the decided edge. But then the Cowboys came along and stashed Taylor and a teammate, Seth Cartwright, at a hotel in Richardson, Texas on Thanksgiving to keep him away from Lloyd. Lloyd tracked him down through Taylor's girlfriend, convinced both players to climb out a bathroom window, and they soon signed with the Chiefs. A year later, Otis Taylor averaged 22.4 yards per reception in the AFL and in 1969 scored a game-breaking touchdown in Super Bowl IV. Every year he would drive around Texas, then up through the southeast and on to eastern, uh, Maryland Eastern Shore and Morgan State, searching for future stars at black colleges. By the time the NFL came to recognize the talent there, the AFL had beat a, built a foundation that allowed them to dominate well into the 1970s. There's a signal that our first half is nearly over, so let's get to the two-minute drill. Brought to you, yeah, brought to you by Burger King, where you can get the three-for-89-cents pancake deal for a limited time. Price and participation vary, but the participation doesn't vary here. So, Derek, start the clock. We just covered the NFC South. Who wins it this year? The Bucks. It's their turn in the topsy-turvy South. Wow, I agree. Jameis Winston, friend of the show, is about to take over the division. What happens first? Colin Kaepernick signs, David Ross is bounced from Dancing with the Stars, or Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, appears on your TV? Kaepernick signed to appear on Dancing with the Stars in 2018. <laughs> David Ross steps on somebody's toes and goes home. That's what catchers do. Antonio Cromartie is having his third child after getting a vasectomy. How is this possible? Let's ask his doctor. Let's ask Derek. <laughs> Never get enough of Joe Cocker. (laughs) According to his wife, Cromartie now has fathered 14 children. How soon before he fields two football teams? Right now he's one basketball player away from having it next. (laughs) Why stop there? How about a Panzer division? (laughs) How does Tom Brady overcome the Madden 18 curse? He can't. It's inescapable. At at least the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets hope so. (laughs) I would say... Eat cold when it's hot, eat hot when it's cold, and duck. Where should the next NFL draft be held? Dallas. For once, I'd love to see the draft come to me. St. Louis. Give them something to do. <laughs> okay, Goose, I'll ask the obvious question. The Cowboys won in Dallas. How soon before it makes it to Jerry's world? 2018. How does the NFL say no to its only Hall of Fame owner? <laughs> uh, I would say sooner than it makes it to San Diego, Clark. Ouch, too bad. Better backup for Seattle, Kaepernick or RG3? I sign them both, have one return kicks, the other return punts. I would say Kaepernick because he knows when to take a knee. Giants owner John Mara says it's, quote, premature, unquote, to call Davis Webb Eli's heir apparent. What do you say? Ever since Dave Brown, the Giants haven't been drafting any heir apparents. I say it's premature to call Davis Webb an NFL quarterback. Is it also premature to call Patrick Mahomes Alex Smith's heir apparent? It's never premature to label a first-round draft pick as an heir apparent. Agreed. They paid the price. Hall of Famer Bob Greasy says quarterbacks should decide how much air to put in footballs. Agree or disagree? Agree. And golfers should decide how many dimples on a golf ball, pitchers how many seams on a baseball. I disagree. You want Gaylord Perry in charge of the baseballs? (laughs) 
that's the end of the first half of our show. But stay where you are. We're not going to have Gaylord Perry coming up in hour number two. But we're going to have Hall of Famer Willie Rofe and Carolina tight end Greg Olson. Plus an NFC South preview and review. All that up next on the Talk of Fame Network. All right, this is Terrell Davis. You're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark on the Talk of Fame Network. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. Not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast, but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard. You need a Z-Track Z345 home. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to gravity. Want to mow well in a higher gear? See a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where MyPillow comes in, and now for a limited time, just go to MyPillow.com, click the Radio Listener Special tab, and use promo code SKY to get two premium king or queen pillows and two additional go-anywhere travel pillows, all for 50% off and free shipping. That's MyPillow.com, promo code SKY, or call 1-800-635-1825. 1-800-635-1825. Progressive presents Mindflowness with Flow. You are rising further and further into the universe of bundling. Within that universe, you see your home and auto insurance floating together like two opponents on a swing set after a big game, sharing a churro. Ascend into savings when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're an entrepreneur, you have better things to do than reapply for funding every time you need capital. With Cabbage, you can be approved for a line of credit of up to $150,000, not just a one-time loan. Withdraw from your line anytime you need funds and only pay for what you take. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 businesses with more than $3 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com slash radio or call 888-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash radio. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. What the hell are we waiting on? Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Do you want it or not? Rick Gosselin. Do you understand there's a price to pay? And Clark Judge. Can we have fun? You're damn right. I demand that we have fun. Welcome back to our number two of the Talk of Fame Network as part of our eight-part series on NFL divisions. We're focusing on the NFC South today. Early in the show, we heard from Carolina coach Ron Rivera, and later we're going to hear from his tight end, Greg Olson. But right now, we have Hall of Fame tackle Willie Rofe, who starred for the New Orleans Saints and Kansas City Chiefs, reaching the Pro Bowl 11 times, named All-Pro nine times, and chosen to both, both the 1990s and 2000s all decade teams, making him the most decorated player in New Orleans Saints history. Willie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We got somebody that's going to uh, push an envelope there with uh, Drew Brees, but it was the NFC West back then. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's, right. that's You're absolutely that's right. right. I remember because I was covering the 49ers, and I remember the games you had with them. Uh, great games as well. Um, yeah. Willie, I remember John Matsko, who was, of course, a former offensive line coach of yours, once saying, and this is a quote, there was no defender Willie couldn't handle, unquote. Is that true? No defender? Uh, you know, he, he, he was a little biased. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, you, you know, when, when, I was, uh, when I was ready to play in, 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 in shape, and uh, especially by the time I got to Kansas City and got older and, 
I had my body in shape. You know, guys that were trying to out-quick me, like uh, Derek Thomas or uh, Freeney, I had a good game against in the playoffs. But a guy with power sometimes would give me more problems or real long arms. You know, it was you know it wasn't always the all pro guy. You know, just you know guys in your division. Chuck Smith and I had some some historic battles with each other over the years, and uh, Mike Rucker with Carolina. But so you know, you know it, it was just guys that you played against a lot. And back then, you you know when I came in the league, the early '90s, practicing with Ricky Jackson and Wayne Martin and Frank Warren and all those guys, Sam Mills. You know, I, I played I practiced against some pretty good football players, so. You know, I just wanted to make sure I was on camp in t- on time, and you know, the fact that they traded Pat Swillen and traded up and, and took me in that draft, you know, it was some pressure. So, I, you know, before I got in camp, I, Bob Whitfield had an outstanding career, and we were good friends. You know, he played 15 years, and and my thing was, I just wanted to get in ca- get in camp on time. So, Willie, specifically, who gave you the most trouble? A guy, like I said, that could bull rush me some. You know, some guys you know during the course of a game that are strong, they're going to be, you know, you can, if you're mixing it up in a pass and run, it makes it, it makes the game easier. But if you get in a situation where you're down by a lot of points and you got to pass protect a lot and they know you got to drop back and throw the ball, it makes it tough because, you know, those guys can just pin their ears back and run their games and, and get after you. So a guy that had power, or a guy that had real, real long arms, Sean Jones, uh, 49ers, Tim Harris was real shifty and could jump around, kind of like a basketball guy. Jason Taylor was another guy that uh, came, came – we, we had some good battles. It, 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 it would be different guys, different days that, that, that might get you some, you know, get some – and when you say gave trouble, I mean, it, you know, I might, you might play a good game, but you might get beat a few times and – you know, those few times could, could could be a sack or, you know, but my, my thing was when I played, I just wanted to be consistent in the run and pass. And most of the times when I played, uh, we ran a lot that way. And, and uh, you know, I didn't get a lot of help. So, you know, you know, you know when, when they're sliding the line to get away from you or it's the play action pass and, and the quarterback's dropping back five, six steps, you got to keep those blocks, hold those. You, you know what, you knew, I knew what plays, that I had to hold the block a little longer. Some days it was, it was tougher than others out there, and, and, and it, you know it was real competitive. And you know, you know, when I first when I was in New Orleans, we didn't have a lot of winning teams, but I tried to go out there and play as hard as I could. And I think guys around the league respected me, even though we didn't win as much as we would have liked to. But uh, it was real competitive, and um, and I had a lot of fun. Well, speaking of a lot of fun, there's a famous story about you and. Uh, Hall of Fame linebacker Derek Thomas, I believe, calling you on the telephone in 1994, the night before a game, and told you that you wouldn't be making the Pro Bowl because of what was going to happen the next day. And what happened the next day was he wouldn't have made the Pro Bowl after that game. He got nothing, as I recall. Can you kind of recall for us that story, which which I desperately hope is true because it's a great story? I was friends with Neil, Neil Smith. Neil's mama lived around the corner from me in Kenner, Louisiana, and that's how I got to know Derek Tom and um you know, Neil, Derek would come down to New Orleans and hang out with Neil, and, and I would be out some places and would see those guys. And, uh, you know, Derek just got Neil to call me and said he wouldn't make the Pro Bowl off of him. And, uh, you know, I went out there and I had a good game against Derek in, in that game. And uh, Neil ended up having a good game against Richard Cooper and had a couple sacks and struck fumble, and uh, they ended up beating us. I played good. And, uh, <laughs> I, got a little, uh, I learned a lesson the next week. 
uh, I played against the Redskins, and there was a player by the name of Ken Harvey. And Ken mm-hmm. Harvey was the um, NFL version of uh, Kawhi Leonard. You know, he didn't say a word, and he just kept coming all week. And, and you know, he wasn't a guy that I, I knew that much about. I didn't know how good he was. He got after me the next week, and and I remember Coach Masco, you know, it was a valuable lesson that I learned that, you know, after that game is that you got to get ready to play. you got to be ready to play every week because uh, everybody's got somebody that's, that's good and, and they're going to come after you. So uh, I did have an outstanding game against uh, Derek that week. And, uh, and and I remember in training camp, I got after him in 97. He kept changing his shoes in one-on-one because we used to practice up by Kansas City. But, uh, yeah, he did call me. And, um, like I said, I, I did play a good game against Derek, and I got the big air a little bit. And uh, Ken Harvey came to uh, came to New Orleans and got after me for the Redskins. And uh, I think he made uh, all pro that year. Ken Harvey was an excellent football player. We're speaking with Hall of Fame tackle Willie Rofe on the Talk of Fame Network. And you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at Talk of Fame Net. And Willie, speaking to the Chiefs, I, I know you said you believed you cemented your Hall of Fame career by going to Kansas City after you suffered that season-ending knee injury in 2001. Can you explain that, first of all? And, and, and how close did you actually come to retiring after 2001? You know, when I was younger, um, 94, I was got off to a good start. In 93, I was alternate to the Pro Bowl. I didn't miss a down my first three years. And in 96, I got hurt. Well, in the 90s, we were doing, we were losing some. And, uh, you know, Dicker came in 97, and I got a little, I got big, and, and Chuck Smith got after me. You know, and, I, and, and after that, I went to the farm and, and Duke and, and, and got in real good shape. But uh, I, tore, I tore my... Um, ACL meniscus, and I was in and out the lineup a little bit. I didn't know my knee, how bad it was. And I finally went to see Dr. Andrews who had knee surgery. I, you know, I was going through it a little bit in my personal life. Uh, you know, I have uh, four children, and I was growing up trying to trying to become a man. And, you know, some of the things, you know, I wasn't probably doing, doing the best I could have been doing at that time. And, you know, I really needed that. I needed to go through something, and I needed to mature some, and, uh, like I said, I didn't want to play in New Orleans anymore because of, uh, you know, my personal life kind of got dragged into the situation in New Orleans outside of me being hurt. So I, I needed a change. And, um, you know, Kansas City was, was kind of like when I was coming from Pine Bluff going to Louisiana Tech, you, you know, in football, the Bulldogs and then Arkansas State were the only schools that recruited me. So I had a daughter in Denver who was uh, getting married this summer. I had talked about going to play for the Broncos. And um, Kansas City came, and I went and met with Coach Shanahan. And, you know, they basically put me on an all-incentive deal. And I had to play 14 games, I think, for the final bonus and, to get it in in, uh, in, uh, in um, Denver. But Kansas City said, you know, if you play every game you play, you'll get a piece of your bonus, and you can make this much money in incentives. And I didn't realize at the time that I was going to Kansas City and uh, maybe the best – line one of them to ever suit up in Kansas City because John Tate was struggling some at left tackle and we moved John to right and Brian Waters was just starting to become himself. He had played, moved around and he moved to left guard. Casey was in center and you have Will Shields who who I was running up to the Allen Trophy for him in, in college who was at right guard who's a Hall of Famer as well and uh, man we had a real good line and I got to Kansas City and got to get on that grass and save my body some and, and put together some real good years. So it was, um, I would say I, I wasn't going to retire because I wanted to come back and 
prove myself, but if you look at my numbers then, as far as Hall of Fame, Richard, Rich, Richmond Webb, who was an outstanding football player, had has been the seven Pro Bowls and made an all-decade team and uh, blocked for Dan Marino all those years, and he hadn't even made a final list yet. Uh, you know, I, I, I think he, I think he should be uh, coming up for the Hall of Fame, but I don't know if I would still be waiting. I don't know if I would be in the Hall of Fame today if I didn't go to Kansas City and finish off my career there. Hey, Willie, we're out of time, but thanks so much for joining us. It's always, always good to catch up with you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Willie. That was Hall of Fame tackle Willie Rofe. Coming up next, we break down the division we're talking about, and that would be the NFC South. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, Tom Bodet. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're an entrepreneur, you have better things to do than reapply for funding every time you need capital. With Cabbage, you can be approved for a line of credit of up to $150,000, not just a one-time loan. Withdraw from your line anytime you need funds and only pay for what you take. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 businesses with more than $3 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com slash radio or call 888-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash radio. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard. You need a Z-Track Z345 home. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Want to mow well in the higher gear? See a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. War, poverty, and disaster have left millions of children around the world orphaned, abandoned, alone. When their parents can't be there, SOS Children's Villages is there. SOS Children's Villages is the world's largest nonprofit for orphaned and abandoned children. In 134 countries, including the U.S., SOS Children's Villages provides vulnerable children with a loving and stable family, medical care, and an education. To make a difference in the life of a child, go to sos-usa.org. A good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where MyPillow comes in, and now for a limited time, just go to MyPillow.com, click the Radio Listener Special tab, and use promo code SKY to get two premium king or queen pillows and two additional go-anywhere travel pillows, all for 50% off and free shipping. That's MyPillow.com, promo code SKY, or call 1-800-635-1825. 1-800-635-1825. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Washing Machine. Hi, it's Washing Machine. It's about, oh, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. So, good news, bad news. First, I found your lost sock. Exciting! Also, I might have maybe flooded the whole basement. It's going to be pretty expensive. But hey, at least you got that sock. Your washing machine won't pay for water damage. Luckily, one call to the Geico Insurance Agency makes it easy to switch and save on homeowners insurance. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. 
can't do it. I want winners. Talk of Fame Network, sponsored by our winner. That's Geico, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. And you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. And speaking of winners, we're also brought to you by Wrangler Advanced Comfort Jeans. They're made with 20% stronger denim and four-way flex technology that moves with you. And if you think I'm joking, just try a pair on. That's Wrangler Advanced Comfort Jeans. Be comfortable. Hey, guys, did you see what happened to our buddy, uh, friend of the show, Patrick Mahomes? Ron, did you see what happened to him this week? Yeah, I understand he was a, a victim of what they call down in Texas, aggravated robbery. <laughs> Massachusetts, says, oh, that's the only kind of robbery there is. <laughs> they got unaggravated robbery there, Goose? Aggravated is when you don't have a gun. Oh, wow. That's, well, that's I, the victim. That's the, I'm talking about the victim. Well, I think Patrick Mahomes was aggravated. And Anyway, um, they found the two suspects almost immediately in Goose, so they didn't take them long to find them. Do we follow this one under, don't mess with Texas? Uh, don't mess with Texas football. Anyway, rob a banker, a lawyer, or a doctor in Texas. Just don't rob a football player. They walk on water in these parts. Well, Ron, I'll tell you who I never mess with, a guy who also walks on water. That would be the Goose Man when he's putting together his weekly polls. Right. And we ran one of them on our website, that'd be talkofhimnetwork.com, last week that, frankly, uh, Goose, I, I don't understand. I mean, it's not the poll I don't get. I mean, I, I like your options here, but it's the results. I mean, people out there thought the presidential election was an upset. Uh, wait till you get a load of a reader's poll for the team most likely to win the AFC North. Goose, take it away. Well, Clark, it's the Bengals, and that should not come as a surprise. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh have alternated winning the division in the last four years, with the Steelers winning in the even number of years and the Bengals winning in the odd number of years. 2017 is an odd number year. Comes as a surprise to me. Goose, uh, who would you say wins that division? I'd say Baltimore. Ravens are due. They're the last team to win the North consecutive years back in 2011-2012. They're the last team in this division to win a Super Bowl. They still have the best defense in the division and a quarterback capable of winning a Super Bowl, and that would be Joe Flacco. Only two NFL teams repeated as division champions in 25-2016, so I'd be surprised if the Steelers repeat. Wow, Ron, he just dissed Jamison Hensley, who we had on last week. Remember Jamison said 8-8. Eight and eight, eight He and did. For Baltimore. But, you know, he's Dr. Jamison Dad. covered he's the Rams in, 20, in, in 1999, I think. <laughs> but he's covering the Ravens now. He's, a, he's our Dr. Data. He's got the. He's our Dr. Data down in Baltimore. <laughs> I look at it and I say it's much simpler than that. Odd Bengals. Bengals. Odd. Roar Bengals. It's logical. <laughs> odd singles. I say odd. Ron. Even. <laughs> Goose. Hey, and listen, I'm going Pittsburgh all the way. I mean, I think they're the closest thing in the AFC to New England. And you know what? That's not very close, Ron, but still, I think they're the best, sec second best team out there in the AFC. And. Uh, Goose, I, I know speaking of polls here, you have another on our website right now. You want to address that one as well? Yeah, we're featuring the NFC South this week, and to coincide with that, we're asking our listeners and readers, who will win the division this season? Will Atlanta repeat? Carolina? New Orleans? Tampa Bay? Who? Well, that's a perfect, Goose, perfect introduction to the division we're talking about today and featuring today. I want to go through it, uh, much as we went through the AFC North a week ago when we had Jameson Hensley on, but he wasn't on our guest of... <sighs> personalities and um, the, the uh, think tank here with Ron and Rick. It was just those two who were answering the questions. Dink Get tank? You. Did you say the dink tank? <laughs> dink tank. <laughs> dink tank in New England. Dink think tank in Dallas. Um, and we got your take then, as I want to get your take now, on its past, present, and future. So it'll be the same sort of sort of lightning round experience we went through last week. So you should know the drill, I think. Um, first of all, any questions? Goose? Ron? Any no, questions sir. here? No, sir. 
Okay, good. Let's get started. As I mentioned to Ron Rivera earlier in this show, on the first segment, first hour, only one team has repeated as NFC South champ since the division was formed in 2002, and that was Carolina. That's not good news for defending champion Atlanta. So, Goose, how do you like Atlanta's chances of repeating? I do not like your chances of repeating. This is the most competitive division of football, and I think it's time for change. I like the Bucks. I don't like the Bucks, but uh, well, actually, I do like the Bucks now that I think about it. But Atlanta will have a hard time getting over that Super Bowl loss, you know, because, uh, look, we've all been through this. You know, th- there's, uh, there's like slight hangover, there's DUIs, and then there's like a, you know, 12 cars, cops chasing you through three states before you crash into a tree. That's what happened at Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> you know, not easy to forget. Yeah, into September, they're still going to be answering questions about what happened. Yeah, what 20, were you guys thinking? How do you, how do you blow a 23? Anyway, I hope you're taking the Bucks, Ron, because in our first two-minute drill in that first hour, you said you were taking the Bucks. Yeah, sometimes anyway, they get confused in the show. Yeah, I know. It's easy. At this or in life. Yet. Um, top to bottom, it appears, as Goose says, that the NFC South is the most competitive division out there. Is it? And if not, what is yeah, no, I think it is. Look, probably 9-7 wins it because uh, at some point they're all going to beat, beat each other up. I think that makes the end of the season's divisional games doubly interesting and appealing. So I think that they, they really are a very competitive division, and I'm not used to that being up here in New England. This is the only division that has sent all of its teams to a Super Bowl in the last 15 years. NFC South gets my vote. Wow. Dr. Data dropped Man, he's just coming with the information, isn't he? <sighs> Matt it's Ryan, like- Cam Newton, Drew Brees. Or Jamison Winston? I'm playing today, Drew Brees. In another year, Matt Ryan. Five years from now, Jamison Winston. Oh, come on, Goosebed. Matty hey, Ice. Newton, I, left him, I left Cam Newton for you. Matty Ice. As, <laughs> BC, long as, he's, baby. as long as he's throwing a Julio Jones. I, Julio Jones could make Brian Hoyer win this thing. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that. he asked for which pass-catching pair. I thought he asked for quarterback. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. You have one coach to choose to win the season's most important game. So which coach from the NFC South will it be? Well, wasn't Ron Revere just on our show? You kidding me? Riverboat <laughs> Ron is my guy. He dials in on time. Only one coach in this division has ever won a Super Bowl. That'd be Sean Payton. But he's all about offense. I think Ron Rivera has a better grasp of all three phases of the game. So like Ron, I'll go with the Riverboat man. I think we just guarantee that Ron Rivera will be on our show in September. <laughs> you have the first pick of our NFC South draft. Who are you going to take? Any position, guys. Who are you going to take? First pick. Goose? Ron's guy. Ron's guy, Julio Jones. Give me the best player in the division. Yeah. I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. Cam Newton. Youth, size, skill set. He's a diva, but I love the opera, especially if the guy singing the area is a giant who can throw and run. And he can do that dap thing like Clark does every time he yeah, does the I show. I'm doing it with my daughter right now. <laughs> but will he jump on a fumble, Ron? Well, you know, that's other people's job. Yeah. Everybody has their role. Do yeah, your yeah, job. Yeah. Speaking of the draft, which of the four teams in this division did the best in this year's draft? Ron? Well, I actually thought they all did pretty well, but Carolina uh, you know, needed secondary help, and they went all offense at the top of their draft, which was I thought was kind of odd. Uh, I like Tampa getting the tight end in, uh, uh, for, uh, for Winston and O.J. Howard. and uh, Why they then went right wide receiver the second day, I don't know, though. So overall, I'd say I guess Atlanta did the best because they made the fewest odd picks. Ron Borges, I give all A's to my class. Wow, where do we sign up? <laughs> I like Tampa. I think each of the first four picks can contribute this year. Tight end Howard, Justin Evans, Chris Godwin, Justin Beckwith. That this was an impact draft. 
the past two years, guys, we're running out of time here. The past two years, the division champion has been the conference champion. What are the chances that that happens again? Gooseman, you're first up. Uh, I think there's a good chance because this is the best division in football. It's like the old NFC East where all four teams, if you won the division, you became the favorite, and I think that's the situation that the NFC South is in. Uh, I, I, I would tend to agree with one caveat. If these slappies have to go to Green Bay in January, Packers are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Adios, anyway. <laughs> Thanks, guys, and take a break. You know what? We're going to take a break. We're going to commercial. When we return, it's Carolina tight end Greg Olson and his thoughts on the NFC South. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hey, this is John Lynch, 49ers general manager, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're an entrepreneur, you have better things to do than reapply for funding every time you need capital. With Cabbage, you can be approved for a line of credit of up to $150,000, not just a one-time loan. Withdraw from your line anytime you need funds and only pay for what you take. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 businesses with more than $3 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com radio or call 888-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash radio. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard. You need a Z-Track Z345 horse. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. You want to mow well in a higher gear, see a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Washing Machine. Hi, it's Washing Machine. It's about, oh, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. So, good news, bad news. First, I found your lost sock. Exciting. Also, I might have maybe flooded the whole basement. It's going to be pretty expensive. But hey, at least you got that sock. Your washing machine won't pay for water damage. Luckily, one call to the Geico Insurance Agency makes it easy to switch and save on homeowners insurance. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Our next guest is one of the most prolific tight ends in today's NFL. Carolina's Greg Olson has 70-plus catches in each of his last four seasons and was voted to the Pro Bowl each of his last three. Greg became the first tight end in NFL history with three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons from 2014 through 2016, as well as turning in a six-catch, 113-yard performance in the 2015 NFC title game, which, of course, got Carolina to the Super Bowl. Hey, Greg, thanks so much for being here. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Greg, let me first ask you about last weekend and Mother's Day. I know how special that day is to you with your own mother, Susan, a survivor of breast cancer. In fact, you and your mom raised $100,000 for breast cancer research last weekend at an event in Charlotte. 
You, of course, were a finalist for the 2016 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for your contribution to your sport and to society. When did you figure out there's more to life than football? You know, it's it's been kind of a lifelong thing for us to just find ways to impact the community. And, you know, going through what my mom did back when I was in high school. And, you know, we always thought if we had the opportunity with our platform, if we ever got to a place where we could, you know, we could make a cause for change um, and a positive that we would. And 2009, we launched our um, the Greg Olson Foundation and breast cancer and cancer was, was our initial, you know, passion. And it still remains the same today. We actually run two independent programs through our foundation uh, receiving Hope, which is the breast cancer um, initiative in honor of my mother. And then we have the Hardest Yard program that we run here in Charlotte in conjunction with Levine Children's Hospital, which is in response to um, what our son has gone through with his subsequent heart surgeries and, um, you know, his very complex heart defect that he was born with and his struggles with that. So uh, philanthropy is a big part of our life. The Man of the Year was a great opportunity and great platform for us last year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that we're very passionate about. Speaking of passion, of course, Panther fans saw you win the NFC in 2015. Then you went from first to worst in the, in the division, going 6-10 and 10 last year. So which season was more indicative of the talent level of, uh, of your team and what we can expect to see in 2017? You know, I, I think all of us would love to say, you know, the Super Bowl run was more the norm. Um, of course, that's, that's what everybody's shooting for every year, and that's the ultimate goal. But, you know, obviously we came up short in the Super Bowl, and then, you know, you really came out of the gate slow last year and, and kind of never found our footing. So, you know, we're, we're not shy. We, we understood, you know, we, we kind of addressed our issues head on. We were never shy and made excuses. We understood where our shortcomings were, and we feel like we've, we've attempted to address them both culturally and, and player and performance-wise. And I think that's the, the fun thing about the NFL is it's always, always a, uh, you know, a moving target, and it's always, you know, a, a different story every year. We're speaking with Carolina tight end Greg Olson on the Talk of Fame Network, and we're lucky to have him. Greg's on his way to his son's baseball game. Uh, Greg, let me ask you the same question that Ron asked you about the team. I'm going to ask you that about your quarterback, and that's Cam Newton. Of course, he was the NFL MVP in 2015, but we all know what happened last year. His production fell off dramatically. Uh, I think 21 touchdowns he was down in 2016. Anyway, a leading question, but I'll ask it anyway. Which season was the aberration, 15 or 16? I think last year, again, was, was a combination of a lot of factors. Um, a lot of those happened to impact the quarterback position, you know, the play around you, injuries, performance, um, you know, I think all those things. And, you know, I think his MVP year obviously was, was a better collective effort by everybody. And, and as a byproduct, you know, he played better and he had more opportunities. And anytime you win, you know, it's always looked at through a different lens. Um, you know, when you're winning and you're 15-0 and 0 or, you know, 15-1 or whatever we finish the regular season, you know, everyone looks at things with a little bit of a more optimistic outlook. You know, I think when you're struggling and you can't find your way, you know, it's very easy to be a uh, to be a critic nowadays. It's very easy to find fault. Uh, we have a lot, you know, that, that seems to be our, our culture now. And I think last year was a combination of all that. Greg, since the NFL realigned in 2002, the NFC South is the only division that has sent all four of its teams to a Super Bowl. Your division, of course, has won the last two NFC titles. So what makes the division so competitive? Is it the weather, the quarterbacks, the coaching, what? Yeah, I mean, I think the quarterback's a big part of it. You know, I think when you, when you look at our, our division, it's really a pretty quarterback-driven league across all four teams. Um, you know, if you have a quarterback in this league, you got a chance. Uh, we're one of the few divisions that have four. You know, kind of a mixed bag. we got some veteran guys that have done it for a long time. we got guys like Cam who are kind of in the, kind of the prime of their career age-wise and have shown what they can do. And then, 
you know, young guys like Jameis, who kind of came in at, like Cam to a number one pick. And, you know, obviously his play has been pretty good over the years, and he's, you know, helped them each year just continue to get better, get better, kind of along the similar line that we had in Cam's first year. So, and then, of course, Matt Ryan, you know, back-to-back quarterback MVPs. Uh, you know, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better division at the quarterback position than, than the NFC South. And, you know, I think that's probably as big a factor as anything. I think you have good coaches. Um, I think, you know, Dan Quinn's a great coach. Uh, obviously, Ron has proven what he can do. You know, Dirk Cutter has really evolved into a very good head coach. And, and then, of course, Sean Payton's a Super Bowl winner. So, you know, we got, you know, we got the quarterbacks. We got the coaches. It's, uh, that's a good place to start. Now you went to high school in, in Jersey, but you ended up playing college ball at, at uh, University of Miami. And since 2000, the U has had nine tight ends drafted, including five first-rounders, yourself and Bubba Franks and Jockey and, and Kellen Winslow. Uh, and in the most recent draft, David Njoku. How much was the history of, of that position and that school connected to the, the recruiting pitch they gave you and, and you ending up there? I mean, when I was coming out, 2003 graduation class, when I was coming out, you know, Miami was, was the king dog. You know, they were they were really the the premier you know team in the league and you know around the country and you know to be recruited by them was an unbelievable experience obviously um, coming off back-to-back national title games won one lost one you know they were the, the creme de la creme and to be recruited by them and have an opportunity to follow in that line of tight ends guys that you just mentioned was something that was very appealing to me you know that led to me going down there well Greg speaking of tight ends I'll keep it on that subject there are only eight of them in the Hall of Fame and John Mackey, who the three of us remember, he was uh, selected the tight end on the NFL's 50th anniversary team. He had to wait 15 years to get to Canton. Mike Ditka, who we all know, of course, was the tight end on the 75th anniversary team. He had to wait 12 years. Now, you play that position. What are Hall of Fame voters missing about the tight end position? I just don't think they're, they really have a great idea of what it is. You know, some of those guys that you mentioned kind of played before the tight end position really became a, you know, kind of in vogue position and became – you know, a, a legitimate high-level offensive skill position. I think it was always kind of looked at as, you know, guys that are too slow to play receiver and guys that aren't big enough to play offensive line. Well, I think people are now seeing that that combination of playing and the amount of responsibility you have and then on top of all that to be just as productive as some of the top receivers while actually having to do, you know, a lot more, you know, in the run game and the blitz protections and the pass protections and then also go out there and, you know, go for over a 1,000 yards and, and catch 80 balls. There's not a lot of guys who can do that. I think people are really starting to wise up to that. And I think we've seen in the last 10 years, you know, the tight end position has really become a, a pretty, you know, formidable uh, position around the league. And, uh, you know, I don't think that's by accident. I just think it, it sounds easier than it is. You know, I think teams are desperate every year trying to find that next guy. There's, there's not a ton of them. But the guys that you have can really make a difference. Greg, you may be playing in the golden era of tight ends. Gonzalez and Witten both in the top 10. Gonzalez, Gronkowski, yourself. So you've been in the NFL since 2007. How has the position evolved in those last 10 years? You know, I just think there's been more and more guys. You know, when I was in high school, um, you know, guys like Tony Gonzalez were at the top of the game. I'll never, you know, Jason Witten was my host when I went to Tennessee, and here he is still playing in the league all these years later. You know, those are two, you know, in my opinion, first ballot Hall of Fame guys right there. You know, and then some of the young influx of guys, obviously Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham and, you know, some of the young guys that are kind of coming onto the scene now. It's, you know, I think teams are really starting to to wise up and and see what those guys can do for their team and, you know, what they can do for their offenses and the pressure that it puts on opposing defense. But like I said, there's there's not a lot of them, right? I think there's a reason there's only so many guys in Canton. I think there's a reason that, 
you know, it's kind of the usual suspects every year at the top of the production list at that position. You know, it's they're constantly looking for them. You know, this was a rare draft, and the fact that there was a ton of them. But you know, before this draft, you know, it's been a while since there was some other top tight ends coming in the first round, and you know, I just think that's just a matter of teams want them, but you know, there's only so many of them. Hey, Greg, we got to run, but thanks so much for the time. You know, we had your head coach on earlier, and we said best of luck with the season. For you, however, we're going to say best of luck with your son's baseball game. <laughs> Thanks, man. I got a lot of pressure on me. These parents want to win. They, they all, they all say it's fun in games, and they, oh, it's just about the kids. And all of a sudden, the game gets tight, and they all start yelling, "What's going on?" I said, "This is not that easy. We gotta, <laughs> this is stressful. Six and seven year old baseball is not easy." <laughs> hey, Greg. Thanks so much. That was thanks, Carolina tight end Greg Olson. Up next, it's Borges or Bogus. This is the Talk of Fame Network. This is Ron Rivera, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to align my chakras around this hot yoga thing. Yep, they finally found a way to make working out even more uncomfortable. Well, at least with Motel 6, you've got one less thing to sweat. They've got clean, comfortable, and now completely updated rooms at a great low price. So the only thing you're stretching is your dollar. Sounds like my kind of place to namaste. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light and the AC on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast, but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard, you need a Z-Track Z345 home. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Want to mow well in the higher gear, see a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're an entrepreneur, you have better things to do than reapply for funding every time you need capital. With Cabbage, you can be approved for a line of credit of up to $150,000, not just a one-time loan. Withdraw from your line anytime you need funds and only pay for what you take. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 businesses with more than $3 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com radio or call 888-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash radio. Go! Everybody get up! Everybody get up! Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep and she don't know where to find them. Go! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. You play to win the game. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Wrangler Advanced Comfort Jeans. They're made with 20% stronger denim and four-way flex technology that moves with you. Think I'm joking? Try a pair on. That's Wrangler Advanced Comfort Jeans. Be comfortable. Hey, we lost former Green Bay defensive lineman Clarence Big Cat Williams last week, guys, at the age of 70. And many of our listeners may not remember him, but I do, and I bet you guys do too, for two reasons. One, he, he sacked Fran Tarkenton three times in one game. Goose, that's pretty Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, and two, he was drafted by Dallas. Yes, Goose's Dallas Cowboys in the 11th round, but he was traded for Hall of Fame cornerback Herb Adderley, who had threatened to retire if he wasn't traded. Yeah, the Cowboys have an illustrious record of 11th-round draft picks. Jethro Pugh, Dennis Thurman, Chad Hennings, and NBA Hall of Fame coach Pat Riley. 
the big cat methinks would be fifth on that list. Well, speaking of big cats, I know what that means. We've got our Borges or Bogus segment coming up, and it's brought to you by Cabbage, where it's all about small business loans for the real world. To learn more, go to Cabbage.com, and that's Cabbage with a K. Well, guys, what does Bill Belichick have in common with Amazon.com founder Jeff Bezos? Well, Bezos believes if a team cannot be fed by two pizzas, it's too large. Apparently, Belichick feels the same way about coaching staffs. Both agree that the larger the staff, the more communication is necessary, the more bureaucracy, the more inefficiency, and eventually more chaos. Perhaps tiring of having no competition in the AFC East, Belichick recently revealed that secret to his success on a podcast he did with Paul Rabel, the very famous uh, lacrosse player. His belief is eliminate middle management. In a league and a division where coaching staffs have proliferated like rabbits, the Patriots have won eight straight AFC East titles in 13 of the last 14, not to mention five Super Bowls while appearing in seven, despite having the smallest coaching staff in the league. Where Belichick has only 15 assistants, including two strength and conditioning coaches, his AFC rivals average 23.3 coaches per team, not counting the head coach. You may notice that's 1.3 more coaches than there are regular positions. Such overpopulation is bogus. It's also the definition of a loser in the NFL. In the AFC, the last place teams in each division a year ago, Chargers, Jets, Jaguars, and Browns averaged 22 assistants per staff. The Jets have the most with 23, and L.A. has the least with 21. Between them, those four teams won 14 games. Bogus. The Patriots' 15-man staff won 18 and another Super Bowl. In the opinion of both Bezos on business and Belichick on giving the NFL the business, more is less. As Belichick told uh, Rabel in his podcast, even though you have more people, sometimes less work gets done. Belichick's point is that busy assistants feel more involved and productive. More importantly, they are less distracted and more on message. The more people you have, he reasons, the more dependent the leader is on others to relay his message and, and monitor it. Anecdotal evidence seems to support his conclusion. Who has the biggest staff this year? The 2-14 49ers and the 7-9 Bills with 25. The smallest, you guessed it. Big coaching staff beat up little coaching staffs, former NFL head coach Chip Kelly once claimed. Well, he's been fired twice in four years and went 8-23 and the last two seasons. He's now gainfully unemployed but has a large staff of people around him. In the AFC East, two of Belichick's competitors have more coaches, 25-23, and 23, than there are positions. Miami's Adam Gase has 21. But that includes both an associate head coach and an assistant head coach. We only have one president running the country, but it takes three forms of head coach to run the Dolphins. Bill Belichick might take a look at that and think, Bogus. Uh, yep, there's that whistle again, meaning it's time for the two-minute drill. And it's brought to you by Burger King, where you can get the three for 89 cents pancake deal for a limited time. Price and participation vary. Of course, nothing varies here. So, Derek, let's get started. Who is the biggest year? Eddie Lacy, Marshawn Lynch, Adrian Peterson, or Jamal Charles? Better than the running back with the most talent, Peterson. Ha-ha! Bet on beast mode in silver and black. Shocking. Mo <laughs> Workerson guarantees the Jets will be better. Why should we believe him? Because six wins is still setting the bar pretty low in today's NFL, and that's what the Jets need to do to get better. They finished last last year, Clark. It's not that hard to be better. Bigger concern in Seattle, a vulnerable secondary or vulnerable Microsoft systems? Microsoft. International hackers are a far greater concern than the quarterbacks of the Niners and Rams. I would say they may both have a, a virus, but only one plays out on the field. Brandon Bean, Billy Bean, or Judge Roy Bean? Bean-o-cook. 
Ooh. Ooh. Being a law and order man, I love the hanging judge if the real judge, Lester Hayes, isn't available. <laughs> hey, put on APB, guys. Where's Brandon Albert? The back nine at Sawgrass. He's out there forming a trio with Eddie Albert and Frankie Albert. The Jaguars say Blake Bortles is, quote, much improved, unquote. What exactly does that mean? It means they haven't found his successor yet. <laughs> uh, it means they picked up his option, but they can get out of it unless he's injured before it starts. Big Apple Circus returns to New York City after a year off and is looking for a ringmaster. Any suggestions? Derek Jeter. He's plenty of free time now. Ooh, I like it. Rex Ryan uh, is available. Oh, wait a minute. He's the head of the clowns. <laughs> Jonathan Hankins says the Colts have the best defense in the AFC. Who gets your vote? I'm still partial to the NFL's best defense of a year ago, and that returns J.J. Watt this season. I would say not the Colts and not the Bolts. I like the Texans, too. True or false, Leonard Fournette is the Jaguars' starting running back in week one. True. The last runner to go fourth overall in the draft was rookie rushing champion Ezekiel Elliott a year ago. True, as long as he's breathing. John Fox says Mitch Trubisky had, quote, a great camp, unquote. And that means what? Ab- absolutely nothing. It means he didn't tear a rotator cuff or break a lamp throwing footballs around. Peyton Manning gets to host the ESPYs. What does Eli get to host? A new sitcom called Brother Knows Best. He gets to, hold, uh, to host the next sports memorabilia auction. Goose, was that brother throws best? <laughs> We'd like to thank Ron Rivera, Greg Olson, Willie Rofe, and Bob McGinn for joining us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening to us. If you'd like to hear this or any podcast, just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or find us on iTunes or your podcast app. Otherwise, look for us at this time and on this station next week. We'll be here, and we hope you will, too. A good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where MyPillow comes in, and now for a limited time, just go to MyPillow.com, click the Radio Listener Special tab, and use promo code SKY to get two premium king or queen pillows and two additional go-anywhere travel pillows, all for 50% off and free shipping. That's MyPillow.com, promo code SKY, or call 1-800-635-1825. 1-800-635-1825. Here's a little ditty about that John Deere mower deck that mows faster, better. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. If you just mow fast but your yard looks bad, then you got a lot of ugly grass. You need a John Deere to take care of your yard, you need a Z-Track Z345 home. It's not how fast you mow, my friends, it's how well you mow fast. The XL deck's got more capacity for yards like yours that get to grassity. Want to mow well in the higher gear, see a John Deere dealer, nothing runs like a deer. Hi, this is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank. If you're an entrepreneur, you have better things to do than reapply for funding every time you need capital. With Cabbage, you can be approved for a line of credit of up to $150,000, not just a one-time loan. Withdraw from your line anytime you need funds and only pay for what you take. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 businesses with more than $3 billion in funding. Go to cabbage.com radio or call 888-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash radio. Everybody get up! Everybody get up! Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. 
Go! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.